International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. This is what happens. We get in a situation where we desperately want God's blessing and God's help in our lives. And then we get instructions. You know, this is what we're supposed to do. And we obey just long enough for the pressure to come off. And then we quit. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, today we continue our study in the book of Ezra as Dr. Shaw tells us more about what happened with God's people as they finally returned to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem after their time of exile in Babylon. They encountered opposition, big surprise, and they kind of caved under the pressure too. They got distracted. But the Lord doesn't give up on them or on us. Let's listen as Kevin Shaw begins by talking about the marvelous ministry of the Word of God as we bring you part two of a message titled, Consider Your Ways. You have these circumstances of life that are happening, and then you open the Word of God. Have you ever had this? And then there's this verse, it's like, oh, oh, that's it. As he connects his Word to your life and opens your eyes to see why that is happening, because there it is right there. And so this this is what happens. His most powerful messages are when providential circumstances are accompanied by prophetic message. This is what happens here in Haggai. And so he asks a couple of questions. And I'm going to ask some questions of you. Okay, that's simply, he he does this question. Is it time? These people say, is it time to come, time to build their... Uh, the Lord's house and the house should be built. Here, first question is this. Are you procrastinating obligations that God wants you to accomplish now? You see, one of the ways we get distracted is through procrastination. Right? And it's amazing what happens with procrastination. I'll do it tomorrow. But then I don't do it tomorrow. And I say, well, it'll, it'll be next 
you know, next day or next week. And then we keep putting it off. But the longer you put it off, the less likely you are to do it, right? Until the point comes where you put it off so long, now you don't even have the heart to do it because you're ashamed because you've been putting it off. And so the procrastination is like a snowball and it continues to make more procrastination. The children of Israel had been procrastinating building the temple for 16 years. It's kind of hard to get things back in order. You know, you take the old farmer. Some of you all, you know that old farmer, or the, the, you know, the, the, it doesn't have to be an old farmer, just the old guy you know, that kind of fixes things up himself. They have the, TV is full of these shows of people going to you know, people's houses and digging through their junk and finding treasures and stuff like that. Have you ever noticed how there are these people that are like in their 70s and their properties are covered with projects they're planning to get to someday? And, and you know, somebody's trying to buy this stuff from them and say, oh no, I'm going to do that at some point. You're in your 70s. You don't have enough years yet to get all that stuff done. I'm sorry to say anything to you. I'm not trying to. It's just, you know, when you have 50 years of projects lined up, you're just not going to get it all done. And so you got that old car, you know, I'm going to fix it up. Not today, but the next day. And then you're going to fix it. Not, not, well, you know, maybe next week. And maybe when I get, when I, and meanwhile, it sits there and it rusts and it deteriorates and it gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse, till what you have to do is call some junker to take it and take it to the, the, the junkyard. Because we procrastinated. Now, here's, here's what it says. Thus spaketh the Lord of hosts, the time is not come that the Lord's house should be built. Now, here's what they were saying. You know, we're facing opposition. It just must not be the right time. There are some times when that statement is accurate, it's not the right time. But there are a lot of times when that statement is an excuse. Well, say, how do you know when that statement's an excuse? Well, one of the ways you know is when God tells you. And that's what happens in this case. Let's continue reading verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying... Is it time for you, O you, to dwell in your sealed house and this house lie waste? They said, it's not time. And Haggai says, is it time? Let's, let's talk about obedience. We used to do some classes here, call them Growing Kids God's Way, talked about obedience. There were three conditions to make obedience, obedience. Obedience, first of all, Obedience is not obedience unless it's timely. Procrastination is a form of disobedience. You know, you're supposed to clean your room. Your parents, you know, you tell your kids to clean the room, and they decide, okay, I'll do it after I make them tell me 10 or 15 times. Because that's just a form of rebellion, you know. I'll do it tomorrow, next week. I'm going to, at least, I, I'm going to push out from under their mom and dad's authority by at least determining the timing of my obedience. So obedience is not, we must do what God wants us to do when 
He wants us to do it. Because many times, obedience is only effective when you obey. We used to drive through the woods and on vacation. And, you know, I, you know I've, I'm kind of always a hunter by nature. So I'm always looking for the antelope and the elk and all of this stuff. And, you know, kids would be in the car. And they'd be reading or doing something. They'd say, hey, look, there's an elk. Where? Too late. You missed it. It's gone. Because the timing of obedience might make all the difference, right? It's, it's, it's not just that. And this, is, this is a principle in the Word of God. When the children of Israel, coming through the wilderness, came up to the southern borders of the land of Israel, the land flowing with milk and honey, and they sent 12 spies into the land. Do you remember that? And they came back with the abundance of the land, and they're carrying the, the grapes on the... Can you still see the Sunday school picture, flannel graph, carrying the grapes, hanging from the, the pole as they're, they're coming back, and they're talking about how great and wonderful the land is. And they're supposed to go in and take it, but they're too afraid because there are giants in the land. And so they decide they're not going to go, and so God pronounces judgment upon them, so they decide they're going to go the next day. And then they're defeated. Why? Because obedience is obedience now. Not obedience after there's further threats. Second is obedience must be complete. The children of Israel here in this situation were sent to build the temple. Not to half build the temple. Not to one quarter build the temple. But to completely build the temple. Which is another principle of obedience. Obedience needs to be complete, all of it, 100%. This includes obeying the specifics of God's commands. We see examples of this also in Scripture. Do you remember Moses? God says, the second time, speak to the rock. And instead, Moses, in a fit of anger, strikes the rock. You say, well, what's the big difference? God told him to speak to the rock. There was a specific command, and there are details of that command. And God said, I want you to do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, now there were bigger reasons, but there are specifics to those commands. And so partial obedience, or when we change the details of obedience, it's not obedience. It cost him dearly. God had given him specific instructions. We need to obey a portion of what God had said. And we think of that. This is, we kind of tend to be sometimes, you know, partial obedience, because this is what happens in our lives. By the way, I'm not, you know, jumping all over you. Okay, I'm speaking from experience. I'm an authority on sinful matters for a reason. <laughs> this is what happens. We get in a situation where we desperately want God's blessing and God's help in our lives. And then we get instructions. You know, this is what we're supposed to do. And we obey just long enough for the pressure to come off. And then we quit. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on his analysis of the process of how we tend to get weary and just do the bare minimum in the battles of life. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we study the book of Ezra with part two of a message today titled, Consider Your Ways. 
Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry also going on at Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts. Call 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he talks more about the less-than-stellar process of doing the bare minimum in life. You know, you're failing in school. And so you start studying just enough to get a good grade on that next test. And then you go back to your old ways. You don't change your life pattern. You just change for a moment for the pressure to come off. We call that 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 partial obedience, 90 percenters. Again, you go back to the children. You ask your children, put the clothes in the hamper. And they pick them up and they take them to the doorway of their room. You say, put the clothes in the hamper. They take it into their room. Put the clothes in the hamper. They put them, right? They put the clothes next to the hamper. You've all experienced this, right? Put the clothes in the hamper. They put them on top of the hamper. We'll go 90%, but I'm going to reserve that 10% just for myself. And we do this with God. Obedience must be complete. Obedience should be accomplished with the right spirit. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7 shows that a hard attitude in obedience matters to God. In that passage of Scripture, the, the Macedonians were being used as an example to the Corinthians about giving as a special offering for the church of Jerusalem. And one of the things that God says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 9 is God loves a cheerful giver. When we obey with a spirit of enthusiasm and a spirit of thanksgiving and a spirit of rejoicing. Oh boy. Okay. Should I really step on your toes this morning? Maybe some of you got up this morning thinking, I got to go to church today. See? Are you procrastinating the obligations that God wants you to accomplish now? Hi, by the way, I am so, here we go. All right, you got that one? Move on to the next one. Are you self-centered? Is your approach to life self-centered? That's the second question here. Let's take a look. He says here, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed or paneled houses, And this house lie waste. 
when he says the idea of seal, you're building really nice houses for yourself and you're letting the house of God lie waste. Now, folks, you understand, I am not, this, I'm, I'm not preaching about our present circumstances. God has done some amazing things through this church in the past five years. Think about, you go five years ago, we were meeting over in that building, double services in that building. We had the, the little modular building in this building. And God, uh, you know, we had a congregation that rose up together and we gave together. We trusted God together and sacrificed and people sacrificed in amazing ways. And we had this building built. Not only did we build this building, then we built the second floor, did that extension in this. In this and that was a, another project. And then when that was all done, we paid it all off. And so it's all completely paid off, which is just, I don't know how else to describe it, miraculous almost, with this group of people, okay? So I'm, I'm not preaching like, man, you folks are terrible. I'm preaching the text, okay? But this can't happen to us in the text. Uh, the, what happens in the text, self-centeredness doesn't consider the will of God in life's decision-making promise, processes, you think about this. Do you, are you considering the will of God in whether or not you should take that promotion? Are you considering the will of God in whether you should move or not move? Are you considering the will of God in whether you should buy that house or not buy that house? Are you considering the will of God in whether you should buy that car or not buy that car? Are you considering the will of God in the types of investments that you're making? Are you considering the will of God in the type of uh, career that you choose? Are you considering the will of God in the person that you will marry? Are you considering the will of God in the friendships that you are developing? Are you considering the will of God? Or are you making self-centered, personal want-type decisions and then simply asking God to bless those things? Self-centered doesn't consider the will of God in decision-making processes. It sometimes pretends to, but can be disingenuous at heart. We can deceive ourselves. Let's just take a rather... Simple one. Man, I think it's God's will for me to buy a new car. Because I just saw, you know, that new charger or whatever it is. I mean, I just saw it and I really like it. And so, you, you know how you do this? You start going into this mental gymnastics to talk yourself into why this is a wise investment and a good choice. Now, it might be that Getting a new car is a good choice for you. But the question is, are you being honest with yourself? Well, you know, it's getting to 100,000 miles and it's going to start nickel and diming me. Uh, I, that, that might have been that way 50 years ago, but cars today go a lot longer than 100,000 miles. In fact, a lot of them are just broken in. So, you know, you start, yeah, well, it's really ugly. Yeah, I know. It, you know, should I fix it? Should I get? Am I am I really being honest with myself? Self centeredness is evidenced through worldly standards and decision making. In other words, the standards by which we make the decision are based on a worldly way of thinking. The worldly way of thinking is more money is always better. Higher status is always better. 
worldly way of thinking is, for instance, work is the priority and everything in life else in life sort of comes after that. Yeah, I mean, that is that a godly standard or not? And so we start using the world's standards, the world's expectations, you know, um, you know, maybe you take the, the sports thing. You know, everybody's in sports, and we're going to take our kids as far as they can. I, you know, most kids in this room are not going to become professional football players or soccer players. And, you know, committing their entire childhood to that endeavor might be a distraction. So, but that's, but that's what the other kids' parents are doing. So we start doing it because they're doing it. Self-centeredness is evidenced by a me-first attitude toward God's will. It will respond to God when I finish doing what I am doing now. Dr. Shaw will come back in a moment with closing thoughts from Jesus himself recorded in the Gospel of Luke about how we let our own agenda get in the way of God's agenda for us. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m., Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the links to the church website at nwvbc.org, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. And you can call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623-581-3115 today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on this same station. And you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague, encouraging you to tune in next time as we continue our study in the book of Ezra with more of a message called Consider Your Ways. Now, here's Dr. Shaw to read to us from the Gospel of Luke and hear what Jesus says about how to prioritize our lives. Do join us next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. 
Jesus even addressed this issue in the book of Luke chapter 9. In the book of Luke 9, let me just read this. Starting in verse 59, it says this, And he said to another, Follow me. But he, the other person, said, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and do and, and preach the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that his father died and he hadn't yet been buried. Okay, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's talking about carrying. I'm going to stay here until one generation has passed and then I'm free. Another said, and another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand at the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So here, the point is here that we tend to think like human beings think and not like what God expects of us. 